friends, welcome to Mavs Party. My name is Kirk Henderson and I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. If you are listening to this on the recording, we started the show here Friday night, November 18th, a little before 1045 on a Friday night. Now, long, long, long time listeners and callers, frankly, will remember how many Fridays in a row last season we started in terrible moods because the Mavericks just could not win on Friday games. And considering how many games the NBA plays on Friday, it was incredibly inconvenient because Fridays were usually the days where we would get the most people. Uh, for those who, who, you know, opted to catch this game, the Denver Nuggets were without a number of their best players, including MVP Nikola Jokic, um, Jamal Murray, who is, uh, you know, this is his first season back since an ACL tear. Both of those guys missed the game due to health and safety protocols. Uh, Aaron Gordon missed the game due to an undisclosed COVID illness. And I am of the opinion that he's probably the best Luka Doncic defender in the league. Um, I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed this game. The, the Mavericks needed a blowout win. I already see somebody in my man Doe in the chat thinking uh, and arguing quite reasonably. Luca played too many minutes, but I'll tell you starting the fourth quarter and just simply closing out the game, like getting that triple double then getting him off the court uh, was something that everybody was probably on the same page about. And it was also nice to just see the Mavericks close the door on this. We've seen them lose way too many times just by slowly losing the lead. Um, this was a, a a bit of a palate cleanser. I don't know how much you can really take away from this game sort of tactically. I think there's some big picture items where you can look and say, okay, more wood minutes. What are we doing? Hey, Luka Doncic is good at basketball. Who knew? Um, and, you know, some things like that. You know, seeing Reggie Bullock actually get statistical contributions was nice. Um, I just, I, I got to say it was, for as frustrated as I was, and all of us were after the Rockets game, this was a nice change of pace. I am pleased to uh, to, to see where we are. Um, shout out to my man, Jack, who says we shouldn't be celebrating beating a team without their three best players. Jack, I just don't care. A win is a win over an 82-game season. You know, we've seen this team play down to their competition way too many times already this year. So to simply walk out on the floor and do the thing that they're supposed to do, I understand the inclination to be, to want to say, okay, you know, they're, stop with the participation trophies. I just want to see them beat the crap out of teams because they're capable of it when things are going right. They didn't let up the gas. Jason Kidd actually called a timeout. Um, we crush him for these sorts of stupid things. And that he did it, I think, deserves a, a bit of uh, a kudos because he's just been so willing to let them play through their nonsense. Um, and I don't know if they're capable of it. Uh, there was this, you know, was shout out to to former Maverick uh, DeAndre Jordan, who really was probably the catalyst in the win because he is so stinking bad. Um, that was the Luca just eviscerated him in the final six minutes of the second quarter. It was one of the meanest things I've ever seen. Um, Luca do just like relentless attacking. It was fun. All right, so you guys know the drill. You want to come up on stage here, hit that uh, request button, come up, get your takeoff. If you're new to the show or interested at all in coming in and commenting, and you don't do it very often, I'm going to bump you to the front of the line. Just the way this goes. We have a, a rotating cast of about 15 to 20 people that like coming up here and talking with me. Love talking with you guys. I'm going to bring one of you on here shortly. But I do definitely want new people to come up here and talk if that is something that you are at all interested in. Um, all right. Let's go with Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kirk. How's it going? I'm okay. Yeah, see, nice. this is a step in the right direction because every single time we play, it doesn't matter if it's a bad team or a decent team, and they had their star player out, we would lose. It didn't matter if Luca was playing or not. So, you know, Nuggets fans are like, oh, you're so lucky that our players are out. I'm like, no, no, no. We had it. We needed to get this monkey <laughs> off our back. We needed to not suck. Needed to get this monkey off our back and start kicking teams' ass, like especially when Luca's on the floor. Um, glad to see JaVel McGee wasn't – I mean, besides garbage time, he wasn't messing up too much. I think he – Played pretty decent when he, he made. Uh, he just there was a stretch in the second quarter where he just simply went to the open spot on the floor. Luca threw it to him and he scored because DeAndre Jordan 
God, I love hating DeAndre Jordan. It's, <laughs> just, it's, a, it's whole, like a passion project of mine because yeah, the 2015 him stats yeah. and the Mavericks. Like we would have to hear the the broadcasters try to like put the Mavericks spin on why he was a garbage fire, and in, and there's just like a real joy in saying he sucks. The whole uh, you remember that word moratorium uh, 2015 that that <sighs> more. <laughs> Can you believe we all wasted a day of our life being upset about DeAndre Jordan? Yeah, that whole emoji war, uh, them locking themselves. I spent 15 straight hours in front of my computer, Chris. I will never, <laughs> ever be. This is a dark time. We're, yeah, I know. We're here now. But you know what? It was so crazy. You look at the standings right now. Dude, if we would have won against the Rockets, if we would have blown that 16-point lead with four minutes to go against the Thunder, we would at least be the second seed right now. We would We would be tied with Portland. But they own, they own the tiebreaker right now. I mean, it's early, early in the season, of course. But with the, the conference record, they have a better conference record than us. But that is so nuts to think how wide open the West is right now. We would be second place right now just with one more win, all those bad teams we've lost to. It, it, it's crazy. So, I mean, not saying we can afford some of these these egg boot drop, um, these losses we've had, but I'm just saying there's no clear-cut West team right now. Yeah, Flippers are that. I mean, Ronald in the chat says is noting that like the seeds don't mean anything right now, and he's right. But that there isn't. It's it's the it's most of- one's frustrating, but also a bit of a consolation that nobody's broken it open yet because it means the Mavericks still have a chance to to do something despite how unhappy we are with how they've been playing. Yeah, the the most important thing I, I I think is just just at least at least at the worst get a fourth seed, just get home court advantage and go from there. Yeah, we got sixty five games to play though. Yeah, so it, it's it to me. I sort of I sort of break the the season down like a football game, where you break it up into quarters. You look at the t- first twenty games, next twenty games, then games you know si- uh, uh, forty through sixty and sixty through eighty. You break it down like that and sort of see how the team is playing and. At this point last year, I wonder what the Mavericks were. But there, I don't really know how much we know about this team, to be honest, because they've yet to really have a consistent series of challenging games. Because this was supposed to be the start of the hard thing. They're supposed to be playing the MVP in Jokic, and instead mm-hmm. they're playing kind of a Jokicless team. But they they needed a win like this, and. In the short term, I'm willing to sort of take the endorphin boost over what, like, the analysis might mean, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because the other t- game that we played where we really kicked their ass, was that was a game that I went to, and Luca sat the entire fourth quarter. So yeah. all the other games have been pretty much clutch games. Um, but it's just, you know, this season, man, if we could just beat Phoenix, if we can beat the freaking Kings, which I'm scared to play the Kings now. They're they're on a hot streak right now. Yeah. Um, Kings and then, you know, obviously the Knicks, just because we all hate the Knicks for like a thousand different reasons. But, you know, you know, step in the right direction. We had to get this monkey off our back. Beat it doesn't matter what team it is. They're an NBA team and Denver's good, but I'm saying like I felt like it was a trap game again just because they were out. The, the so now, two- now Sunday's a trap game because these two it's gonna we're basically gonna be playing the same team. Maybe Aaron Gordon plays, but I'm pretty sure Jokic and Murray will not play. Um and that strikes me as a trap game because you run a team off the floor by 30 points, and you know, the kind of expectation is well, we can just go do it again. Yeah. Um you know, but, now if 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 Lyndon in the chat says you know Joker may be back, and if that's the case, that's much more of a an because that that gives Luca like something to do. Like Luca needs to one of the things that that's going to take Luca from being like a, a a great player right now to a true all time great is like finding the petty thing that gets him motivated for every game. Yeah, and, he he needs a reason to get just like in that Phoenix series, they poked they poked the bear. And I swear to God, I, I know when they played the Warriors, I'm, I'm sure Draymond Green before every game was like, do not poke the bear. Just be his best friend. And right. that's basically, you know, and Luca wasn't like the same. I mean, the Warriors were obviously a better team at the time. But, you know, la- lastly, I, I kind of, you know, a Jaden Hardy and McKinley, right? Like, I don't see why they don't call these guys up and just give them a shot. So just give I, them some, get them some think, reps. I think Hardy was sick. While being with the legends, okay. I don't even know if he played tonight. Um, ben Zadell was there for us. I could be wrong about this, but because this, this last game, if some reason they do rest, I mean, they're probably not resting Luke in the near future, but if they do, this whole Composo having uh, Jay, Josh Green and, and 
you know, all, all these players. No, just give these other guys a shot and see what, what you got. I mean, it's hard to gauge their talent level playing for the, the Legends or the Ignite team, but, sure. uh, you know, just get, get them, give them some NBA reps at least and get them some rhythm playing alongside Luke or just playing with the teammates. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I would like to see. But Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were, were, were calling for that. I know um, the tickets, Bob Sturm, basically was like free hardy. And before the Mavericks won this game, the first thing that went through my head where it's like, guys, if we're like calling for Jaden Hardy, then we're in a dark yeah, we're in, than any we're of in trouble. But if you just, like, want to see him play because you want to see him play and they're winning as opposed to, like, wanting to see him play because you think he might help them win, that's two different things. Like, I want you always want to see younger guys play. Like, the calls for Green to play more are nonstop because he uh, – shout-out to Josh Green, by the way. Happy birthday today. Also, happy draft day. He was selected two years ago today. Um, don't worry about who else we drafted that day. Uh, it's not something to worry about at all. Uh, but it's it's seeing younger players play is just something that that has always happened. Yeah, because you never know. You have a diamond in the rough, and you're like, okay, maybe we got something here. Maybe they mesh well. Some some players can be a good player, but they not they might not have the chemistry on another or chemistry's not there, or they might not mesh well with other teammates. And as we've seen a thousand times, but anyway, step in the right direction. Let's just get another win on Sunday. Sure. All right. Coming up next is my man. Who we got here? We got David. Welcome back, David. Hey, Kirk. Uh, good to be back. I just got home and, and saw that you were live. So just got back in the game Outstanding. Tonight. Much better game for you to go to. Yes. Uh, Wednesday, I was not able to commiserate because I was uh, – I the only way I could deal with that while uh, present was very uh, drinking. I was drinking a lot uh, sure. during the game. Um, so, yeah, uh, tonight uh, I don't want to talk about the, uh, you know, Wednesday. Uh, I think that's been covered enough, but – uh, you know, we didn't see uh, Campazzo until the end of the game, which made me happy. That's where he belongs. Um, that's all I'm going to say. And then tonight, uh, the energy, uh, Luca was absolutely a surgeon, uh, picking them apart. And I appreciated the fact that he, knowing in the first quarter, like he didn't have it, like he was, he was just a little cold. I'm not sure if it's a little bit of rust. Picking that up in the second quarter, attacking. And just continuing that pace tonight was a relief. And hopefully, I don't want to give my yeah, – I, I try not to give my hopes up as a fan, but, like, let's, let's, let's capture this, this energy and intensity coming into the third quarter because they have to know every time they got a big lead that it's, it's only, like, temporary. You know, like, they, they have to play, like, at zero coming out every game. They're not the Warriors where they can just lock you up and torture you. Uh, once they have a lead, um, that's that's what I noticed tonight. And also, Josh Green uh, loved the energy. Uh, my other comments, things that probably went unnoticed. Highland, uh, who doesn't bones Highland, uh, player. interesting player. I was not familiar with him. Seeing him in person, very fast, very energetic. I liked his aggression early. I also thought it was funny how he's complaining to the refs. I was like, man, if Luca can't complain to the refs, I don't know what the hell chance you have. Uh, in the first quarter, like trying to talk and uh, and jab at the refs for a perceived foul was just it made me laugh. I was like, this is this is a good game if their like fifteenth best player is already upset. Um, but uh, yeah, great win tonight, uh, and I finally figured it out. I just want to say, seeing Reggie Bullock brick wide open threes is the most painful thing, and I think he started what over four, over five. Uh, but then getting locked in later on, like he's he's got to be able to hit those, especially in the corner, which is essentially an extended free throw for him. Like right. it's got to, those have to be dialed in, and Luca's giving these guys such open looks. Uh, when like again watching it on tv i don't see it the same angle as i do at the game and these guys have so much daylight and it's so infuriating to watch it clang off the front of the rim at the start of the game not in the fourth quarter not when their legs are done but like at the start like come on like get to your shoot around get get your legs under you um but god tonight like he was just an absolute wizard and then the last thing javel mcgee needs to not be a starter. Christian Wood needs to be a starter. Uh, and I know Dwight Powell's not the de facto, whatever it is, like just start Christian Wood. He, our starting lineup needs to improve. And Christian Wood is the answer. Like he's the chemistry between him and Lucas seems to be growing the pick and rolls attacking the basket. He does things that Dwight with his uh, Tyrannosaurus arms can, he just can't finish the same around yeah. the basket that Christian Wood can. 
So I, I don't know how long that's going to take, but can't wait to see that transition happen. I think it's going to happen if I was a betting betting person. Well, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you coming up. Yeah, man. Good, good talk. Bye. All right. Talk soon. So as David mentioned, if, if you don't know much about Bones Highland, I wouldn't normally recommend seeking out the story of a Nuggets second round player in his second year. But Bones Highland is a Delaware streetball legend. Uh, he has a very unorthodox and really kind of incredible game. But on top of that, he also has quite a story. It's a pretty tragic story. Uh, he had to jump out of, of, of a second story window when he was in high school to escape a fire that took the life of a grandmother and a cousin. And when he did that, he basically shredded his knee. He tore his patellar tendon, uh, which I've, you know, don't know many NBA players that have done that to their knee. And it's largely like football injury, but it's the sort of thing that can basically end an athletic career. It is a frightening injury. Um, and for him to come back, play through college, really interesting guy. Um, he was he was some he, he's a something else kind of guy. He's a he's just like a cult hero in Denver. I know that that they really like him there. And for him, he's like the you know kind of a, a microwave guy off the bench. Just does lots of interesting stuff. I obviously Luca crushed him whenever he had to guard like whenever he had to guard uh, Luca. But I don't know. I just he, he's the kind of guy from another team that I definitely like watching play. If you followed, he, he was a he's like the the. Uh, a guard who really like stood out in his first year in summer league because the way he plays and kind of the force he plays with is, is just, it's, it's not seen in a lot of NBA guards with how he plays anyways. Um, all right. Who else we got? Oh, hey, we got a whole number of people who want to come up here. Brandon, how are you? Hit that mute button and tell me what you got. It's down there at the bottom of the screen when you're not on uh, the chat room and it will let you talk. Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks. Uh, first time I've been looking for the app and finally found it. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I didn't get to see the game, but I saw the box score. And uh, I looked and seen that actually Luca got some support on the rebounds as well as scoring. And that's rare because um, typically he's the main rebounder, which is kind of uh, uh, unfortunate but also good because he, he does a really good job. Um, and the Mavs, they always struggle for some reason with rebounding. Um, they struggle with finding a good point guard, and they struggle with rebounding. So hopefully uh, Spencer and the other guys can contribute some more uh, rebounding because that's definitely, um, I believe, one of their primary issues is rebounding it's, is, it's, is stupid fouls. It's weird it's to see Reggie Bullock with six rebounds. I don't, I'm gonna, I don't know when the last time he had that many, but you're right. Looking at the box score, obviously you got um, Wood there with eight, McGee with four in a few minutes, Tim Hardaway of all people grabbing rebounds. Tim Hardaway had four assists. And what world is Tim Hardaway getting four assists? But yeah, there was this was a pretty good team effort, and it's like once the once the ball got rolling, uh, kind of midway in the second quarter, the Mavericks really did a good job of just absolutely laying the wood to to the Nuggets. Yeah, and one thing I've noticed um, this year, and it's early in the year, so I can't, uh, you know, really say that it's uh, a change in the White Pals play, but uh, stupid offensive fouls. I noticed last year and previously in other years when Rick was there, um, he would get a lot of fouls off of the, a lot of offensive fouls off of pick and roll screens and just doing just crazy stuff. So I don't know if that's something that kid worked on or he worked on, but it seems like the stupid, uh, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, uh, unnecessary fouls and, and mistakes that Powell was making in the past is is not really showing this year. And if anything, I mean, it doesn't show in the box score, but it actually shows in, in his play. So, I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I'm kind of critical on some of the players, and I, I try to find good things to say. And I think that's one thing that's actually uh, standing out about Powell this year is he's playing more, hopefully more cognizant this year. The offensive fouls is always a weird thing because a lot of them happen on screens and it feels like at the start of every start season, of every season, the, the Mavericks um, really like not the Mavericks, the, the referees use uh, offensive fouls as a point of emphasis on screens. And I never really understand what some of them are. Like if you throw your hip out on a screen because the ball handler is like not using your screen, that's the ball handler's fault more than it is the screener. But some of the things these guys do where they like do lead blocking, instead of setting a screen it's it's funny to to see but 
you know, the Mavericks have cleaned up a lot of the sloppy turnovers. They only had 10 tonight, which is nice. Um, and that really, you know, that's that's the sort of thing that, that is going to keep you in the game. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that's keeping us out is uh, uh, going to be death by a thousand paper cuts. And, you know, uh, whenever the Mavs lost last year in the playoffs, it seems like uh, the shooting issues with Reggie and Dorian kind of carried over. And to this season, um, I feel like other teams are just like, well, you know, we're going to let you beat yourselves by letting y'all shoot those corner threes. And just like in the playoffs last year, it was plenty of open threes. Reggie and, and Dorian just couldn't knock them down. And, man, I just wish that they, you know, had that Sean Marion, Kawhi Leonard, you know, mid-range J-type shot where they could just take a couple steps in and knock them down. Because, man, I mean, if they could just take a couple steps in and hit them with a two instead of just – Constantly missing threes, it'll, it'll be great. But I well, mean, the, the, the shooting will come around for these guys. I think Dorian, in particular, he had a great game against the Clippers the other night. Um, it, it seems to be kind of a rhythm thing, and, and once they get in the flow, even though we all start to worry about like their minutes totals at the same time, Bullock is a weird one in that career-wise, he if you look at his shooting splits by month, and he has like ten years of data on this. He cannot hit the broadside of a barn until the calendar flips over to the new year. Um, and it was, it happened last year and like right after Tim Hardaway got hurt, like mid to late January, all of a sudden Bullock was just shooting 40% from three and it ends up making his season numbers look okay. But then he has these stretches where let's see where he's shooting this year. Cause he didn't have a terrible night tonight, but he did like regular season. Yeah. He's <laughs> this season. He's shooting uh, 29% from three. And like that's gonna pick up in some rate, but but right now it it occasionally feels a little bit like a struggle bus. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully, and I mean I'm I'm gonna watch him regardless and, and support him anyway. And and this he's definitely if you can go back and watch this one, this will make you feel better about a lot of the gross stuff we've seen the past few weeks. Man, it's been really gross. Man, it takes me back to and, and my last thing is um um. Uh, the Mavs, another thing they always struggle with is finding some type of just solid point guard. I mean, man, somebody had brought up, you know, some of the past issues of on your last live about the Mavs not really getting their own talent through draft or through trade. It was always that uh, throw-in person. I remember one time they had, you know, Mike James off of the G League and, and Roddy Buba. And, man, it's been terrible with, the, with point guards, with the Mavs and – uh, the guy that uh, went to uh, Sacramento, I can't remember his name. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's always been a struggle with, with point guards. So, I mean, it seems like it's in the culture that they just say, let's just take a chance to not get a good guard. Let's just get somebody. You are <laughs> referencing the 2012-2013 season, which started with Darren Collison, progressed to Derek Fisher, and ended with Mike James. Mike James. That was a terrible year. Oh, my God. It was, and I remember that year. It was so bad that for a while they only had Jason Terry on the floor, and he had got injured, and it was just terrible whenever he – because they had no real uh, sustainable type of anything on the floor <laughs> that year. It was worth watching those games. I was like, man, what am I doing? Sure. Well, thank you for joining. I'm glad you sought out the app. I hope you had fun, and I hope you come back. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Let's see here. Got a couple more people. Um, let's go to Brian. How you doing, Brian? Hey, what's going on, Kurt? Welcome back. Uh, I don't got much tonight. I just got two things quick. Uh, I, I need your, I need your help on, uh, figuring this out. Was, was Derek Harper trolling when he said, uh, there was a two play sequence, uh, when, when Josh Green uh, got that pass on the fast break and drove and said, uh, the master of the attack. <laughs> and, then, and then right before that, he said, when Hardaway hit his first shot, he hit that three, and he said, Hardaway's going to try to build off of what he did the other night with the Rockets. And I'm like, Derek Harper was calling the game. We- yeah. And I'm like, does Derek Harper believe these things? Oh, yes. So, wonderful question. I like this. I have learned to love Harp. It took me a long time. Because once you sort of settle with the fact that Harp is just out there saying stuff, 
it makes it all a lot easier to stomach. Sometimes <laughs> he's dead on. A lot of the time, he's like me on this podcast where we're just talking. We're just saying words. Might not be right. I, I never know what, you know, as a player, it's like, like, it's like, well, of course, like, are you talking about like, like, it's not as a dentist we care about someone's jump shot. Like, of course, it's as a player. Like, what do we, I, Harp is, Harp is a character. I, I will, I try not to complain about him because I know that I will probably, I miss him when he's gone. Like when I have to listen to, uh, you know, some of these, some of these national commentators that don't do their homework the way Paula will does, it's, it's a different deal. No, and Kurt, I loved. I used to go to the Reunion Arena and watch Derek Harper play. Sure, I love. I love Harp. Uh, I, I was just. I sometimes I just hear things from him, and I think, is this part of Derek's shtick to to kind of pump the team up or or pump pump them up to the fans, you know? But I I will say there someone needs to make a Twitter page dedicated to Derek Harperisms. Uh. It, I mean, anytime he says mouse in the house, it comes out of nowhere. Like they can be talking about something, and all of a sudden it happens, and he's like, Oh, mouse in the house. Oh, shout out to the to the account at Derek Harper Fun. Um, that one has been in my mentions for years and is really Oh good. Funny. Good no, that's good to know. <laughs> it's it, one other question for you, and you may find someone at Mavs Moneyball that can do the research on this. Maybe you might know. Do you think Tim Hardaway is more likely to sh- take the shot on the next possession if he made his last shot or if he missed his last shot? And the reason I the reason I'm wondering about that is I feel like every time he misses a shot, he becomes more desperate to see a shot go down. But then the other problem is if he makes a shot, he thinks he's on a heat check. And so he's got to take the next one, right? So what do you think? So this is an old head reference because somehow this movie is 20 years old now, but there's a scene in Mean Girls when when Lindsay Lohan's character is, is at the math competition and she just figures something out all of a sudden. And the, the answer to the question is the limit does not exist. And I think about Tim Hardaway in that reference where there is no, like the answer to the question, like the question could be two plus two and the equals to Tim would be Tim Hardaway shoots. You know, is it sunny outside? Tim Hardaway shoots. Like there is no, the answer to all questions is Tim Hardaway shoots. I, I, it's, it's sometimes amazing, but most of the time it's maddening. It, and he shoots with such confidence. Like if oh, I, yeah. if I, I mean him and Finney Smith, I love Finney Smith's corner threes. Cause he always feels like they're going to go in. He doesn't care who's closing out on him. He takes it with confidence. But I just thought, man, if everyone could shoot like like Hardaway does, where he thinks that ball is hitting the bottom of the net every time, maybe we'd have some better shooting. Maybe we wouldn't have so many such hesitant shots sometimes. But a loss. That, that's how I'm feeling about Hardaway right now. So thanks for uh, thanks for appeasing me by letting me go off about that. Sure thing, Brian. Thanks for joining again. Thanks. Okay, coming up next, let's do my man Krishna. What's up, buddy? Kirk, how are you? Good. I get get that we just got a win, especially after um, Wednesday. I I don't even know how to describe it. Was this a monkey or like, I I don't even, I was worried. I'll be honest. I was very worried. I was like, okay, no Jokic. And then it's still Jamal Murray. And and he might have gone off, but then we heard there was no Jamal Murray. And that made me even more worried. But, uh, Solid performance from the team overall, which is what I think we were expecting, but it kind of proves a lot. I, I feel like, like you've been saying, it's hard to take anything completely away from this game, but it does prove a lot of the point that without Luca, this team just is not a well-functioning team as a whole, though Christian Wood looked pretty good off the bench. And it's hard to really take anything away from this team except that there clearly needs to be improvements, but it's good that you got a performance and you came out in the second half after a quick Nuggets run and shut it down. Well, you know, I'm just happy they won. I'm happy to overanalyze nonsense instead of be mad 
at nonsense. Um, and that's sort of where I'm going to go with this. You know, I kind of only wanted to hang out for a half hour and we're already at a half hour because we like talking about wins. Like people like talking about wins. Um, there's yeah. so much fun stuff that happened in this game. Like this is, if you want to, if you want to show your friends why you think Luka Doncic is MVP, even though they're playing oh. against the lesser team. The, oh yes. The way he went for kill shots, both it, it, not, not like, I mean, that's like a metaphorical sense of, uh, some of the passes he was making, just like pinpoint stuff, just really special stuff. For sure. And I think part of it is, you know, for as frustrated as we can be with Luca about all the, you know, messing around and complaining, part of that also bleeds into him not caring and doing really insane stuff. Like, I think in a way, he he does those things. Like, he does that assist to Dinwiddie in the corner because he doesn't care because he, he kind of has, like, a blasé attitude at, at points. Blasé attitude in the sense and not caring in the sense that he's not afraid to do those things. But in this, in the same way, he gets frustrated when things don't go his way because yeah. he'll make an assist like that to Spencer Dinwiddie. And, you know, you've had people on your podcast, you know, talk about, like, they don't like watching Luca play, which I can understand. But to me, I've always found it fascinating because he's like – it, when you watch the Mavericks play and you watch Luca play, you're so focused yep. on Luca that you forget there are other players on the court, and then he'll make a pass and someone will shoot, and you'll realize that someone else is there. And I think there's few players like that in the NBA on some level. Like you're still watching other guys, but it, it's not like that with Luca, and he's he's so ball dominant to a level that yeah, it's worrying, but it's it's also kind of amazing that this guy's like 23. And he's doing stuff like literally only Oscar Robertson has ever done. Well, it and... goes back to me, an element of what has been missing from him the past two seasons. I grossly miscalculated J.J. Barea's impact between him playing sort of the consigliere role and go between with, you know, Rick Carlisle and Luca. Barea definitely was sort of a, a Luca whisperer. Um, Boban filled the role of friend. But a big part of why I want to Goran Dragic is I think Goran is one of the few people that can earnestly tell him to shut the fuck up sometimes. Because he he is his own worst enemy as much as anybody in the league that's a superstar. And it's because he's young and it's because he's passionate. I don't want him to lose either of those things. But I don't think there's really anybody in the Mavericks that's willing to tell him to settle down. Even Jason Kidd with his with his cool blue light glasses. I never see anybody really talking to him. And I think he needs that person that's somebody on his level, not a Theo, not somebody that is just a guy talking, somebody who he has actual earnest respect for, to quote Harp, as a player. And when he, it's like when he is locked in, and I earnestly found his, his bounce back tonight impressive because he did not have a good first quarter. And he came back in the second and just roasted. And that's that's the sort of thing that, you know, shows some growth, shows some maturity. And I think from, you know, if, if there was anybody else that could really help push him, that was his teammate. And, you know, maybe he doesn't need that because it's a long season. You know, you got to – when when you play a competitive sport, you really got to pick and choose and really just any sort of teamwork activity. You really got to pick and choose when to get in your friend's ears because you do it too often, people stop listening to you. You know, you yell from – even if you're right, people stop listening to you. So – there's, there's, it's complicated when it comes to these things, but I think that that he's just such a special player that when we see him do like what he does, when he's just sort of, he has 30, 30 straight minutes of being a a probably the best player on the planet. It's just it remind it, it makes you wonder what he's truly capable of if he was able to focus for longer stretches of time. No, and I I agree, right? Like I I don't I don't disagree on anything you said. I completely agree. I think that that same attitude is completely his own downfall. Like he doesn't have anyone to say like, Hey, what are you doing? Like just shut up for like five minutes and play basketball. Or focus. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I, I will say like, I'll give him some credit. He's clearly improved in the sense that he knows that if he's not going, he's not going to force it. Right. Um, like Isaac Harris has pointed out like this entire season, if Luca shoots less than nine threes a game, he does well. Like he has a, <laughs> He has a good shooting percentage, not only from three, but just his overall shooting percentage. Isn't that a is wild? Good. That's a wild thing. It's so but funny. it's 
But it's very true. Like if you look at his stat lines when he's shooting less than 10th, nine or 10 threes game, it, he's way more focused because he's making, it's not that he never made smart decisions, but he's making even more calculated decisions. And, and I think part of the refing thing, like, yeah, you do need someone. I, I would have agreed, right? Like Goran would have definitely said like, Hey, what are you doing? Shut up. Like the ref is going to do something to you. Like just shut up for five minutes. Like you can't do anything. And I also think part of it is like he he's got he's got to get older. Like he's still twenty three, and sure. that's, that's really young. Like um, you know, a lot of a lot of people have always mentioned like guys like Steph and Giannis and LeBron and Michael. Like they they only got to that pinnacle point when they're twenty six, twenty seven, and yeah. and that's still four years. It's like that's a long time, and it's not to say that Luca could never do it sooner, but it's that the good thing is Luca doesn't, it's not necessarily his basketball game that has to grow, but it's his personality. And even over the past four years, we've seen it grow a lot since his rookie year. And yes, you wish we had a Goron to help facilitate that even faster. I feel like, but you know, hopefully he gets it farther and farther, but it's just awesome to watch. Like, I think we're going to look back and and realize like we had an all time great player, playing in Dallas right after another all-time great player. Sure. And that's, that's really special. Like that's, that's really, really special. Uh, I mean, like. No, we're not like, we're not getting this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like think about the Kings, like the yeah. Kings had they almost went to the finals, what in 2000, 2000 or 99. And they hadn't done anything since. Yeah. Like they've had talent in that in that squad at some points, but to get two amazing players like that is is it's actually it's literally luck, but it's it's just something that is very unreplicable in yeah. basketball or almost any other sport. So I'm just I, I like watching Luca. I'm excited, and hopefully the team improves, and hopefully we all enjoy it and glad for the win. And I'll let other people on. Thanks, bud. Talk soon. Mr. Dang, what's up? How are we feeling tonight? Hopefully a low resting heart rate. Oh, sorry about that. Goes. Yeah. I had to a little more into the mic. after the game on Monday. My heart rate got up to like 200 over 150. A little more into the mic, friend. Oh, um, I'm still happy about Monday, but I'm happy about today. Good. But uh, I was so mad that I had to take a couple of quantidine and then just lay down. I listened to you guys talk about, you know, everything that was going on. And, <laughs> but, man, I was steaming. Oh, my God, I was steaming so mad. I was yearning back for the, uh, for the 90s Ross Perot days. You know. true, the, the true struggle bus of, of sports fandom. The 90s Mavs were among the worst professional sports teams in history. So, Holy cow. Ross Perot just bought the Mavs for the land deal. You know? Absolutely. Well, I still remember well what else you got for us, dude? No, not much. I'm just really happy. I, I'm just a little worried still, you know, about kid playing Luka. In, in the fourth, you know, that kind of scared the bejesus out of me. You know? Yeah, they wanted he wanted this triple double and they wanted to get him out. I understand why. I saw a couple of people talking about that, but it's just like at a certain point, you know, you watch the early 2000 Mavs. If you go through basketball reference and look at some of the box scores, Dirk was playing like 43 minutes a game. Yeah. Luke will be all right. Brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> so, yeah, we're really lucky. I just hope. You know, we can capitalize on having Lucas' best years and then doing something. I mean, sure. it's just, I don't know if I could trust Cuban and Nico, you know, and Kid. It's just, it's maddening, you know, because they show us flashes of what can be, and then they just rip our hearts out by losing to all these crappy teams, you know, and, and playing around with the seeding, you know. I mean, it's just. I don't know. It's going to be a rough year. I mean, I'm going to have it to is, it, it is going to be an up and down year. I think that is an important thing to attempt to process. And I say attempt because I'm not going to be able to do it. But I can understand it intellectually and still get frustrated. Like I wrote, I have a 1500 word column in the chamber that I wrote today. That'll be 
the next time the Mavericks have one of these, like, what the fuck kind of losses I'm just going to put out that talks about a lot of what we've talked about in here. Um, but for now, I want to, you know, uh, he might not be in here anymore, but one of the guys that was earlier talking basically said, you know, I don't really want to celebrate this, but it's like I do. Luca, like, like it's supposed to be fun. Even if it's not as impressive as it could be, it's still fun. Like, I had a great, like, I had a great time, like, like watching uh, Christian Wood do his, like, mini Giannis impersonation where he goes down the lane with the ball high and he swings it through and then, like, lays it over the rim. I love that stuff. Man, the good is good. It's really good. The yes. Bad, oh, my God, it's bad. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just really blessed to have Dirk and Luca. I just hope that, you know, Cuban understands how lucky he's hit the lotto. You know, but I don't know. It's just maddening. I mean, the other day I screamed in my pillow so bad. It, it, it was just insane. I was so embarrassed. Sure. So embarrassed. But thanks, Kirk. I appreciate everything you do. You know, the writing's been really good, and, and what you do for us to let us vent, you know, has really made a positive. Did problem. you, you know, since you're a longtime Mavs fan, did you check out the Dirk post that our guy Brent put out um, on Wednesday morning? Uh, yes, sir. It was a very good post. You know? That was a great. That was one of the better things we've had run this year, and I, I think we've had a lot of good stuff. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. There's been many great posts, you know. It's good to see also kid kind of throw in more zones. He ran more zones last year when we couldn't guard anybody, you know, to kind of disrupt the other team a little bit. So it's good to see a little bit of a twist, you know. I'm trying to look at the positives. And sure. he did call a timeout, too, you know, when they made a mini run. I can't believe it. I had to pinch myself a couple times. <laughs> well, I'm glad you joined us again. I'm glad you're feeling all right tonight. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Look forward right, to talk talking soon. to you on Sunday night, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, coming up next, let's go with my man Ruben. How are we doing? We are doing fantastic. How are you doing tonight? I'm okay. I'm about midway through my second cocktail. cocktail. Got to make, make a business decision whether I should have a third after we get off the phone because I still got work to do. So I probably well, Hey, I was able to uh, take my little Jameson shots, even had two picklebacks, uh, and was able to enjoy the game with my hookah and Man, it's a, we needed this win after that. See, that's, that's what you, need. you need to change your handle to Huka Doncic. I, I, I might, I might do that. I just might do that. I was gonna, I'm gonna, ask, I'm gonna say that for the last question before I get off. <laughs> I was gonna ask you something. but um, just a couple of things I did like to see. First off, um, I, I rarely talk about Luca because you know you really don't have to talk about Luca. Everybody else does it, but man, um. Like even was it the is it was it the first quarter or the like beginning of the second? He was almost on his way to like everybody knew he was gonna get another triple double. He had like eight points and eight assists or something like it was a crazy stat line. Um yeah. but um when they showed it when he finally hit it, you know, being the what the first the the second quickest uh to fifty triple doubles in NBA history, and then you saw Jason Kidd like at number five or number six or something like that. Pretty that cool. kind of like, oh, it made it made me wonder like, what else is he learning from Jason Kidd? Um, I know he needs to work on you know his coaching, but he has a lot of NBA knowledge, and maybe that like is like a low key blessing to have him working with Lucas so closely, like one of the best points point guards to ever play the game, and it just kind of like makes you think like, what is Kidd? Is and you know, he is part of the best coach he could have at this point of his career, and I hope it you know I hope it lasts forever, you know, but it kind of makes you wonder what what um what tips Jason Kidd is giving Luca. I, I don't, I rarely hear you know media people ask him that like what what is he actually working on with Luca. I doubt they would answer. I really do because I don't think Jason Kidd's a very good in-game coach, but I think he does have to be quite like the people manager because superstars like him. Like Giannis liked him. Um, I do know it was for a fact it was Chris Middleton who who made sure that Kidd got fired from the Bucks, but that's a different deal. Um, I, I there's something to be said to to having somebody who can see the game really well like you can to be able to talk to. 
Um, well, we probably won't know until long after Kate is gone to like what sort of effect and what things they actually talked about, because Lucas sort of strikes me as a difficult guy to talk basketball with, like, because he just sees it at such a high level. So Jokic, for example, I think experiences the game. I don't think Jokic can really explain why he's so good at basketball. I think Luca can like Luca is a, is a scientist as much as he is an artist. Um, and, and I'm, you know, that, that, that's, what's going to be fun to watch him as he matures, because this season, for example, we're seeing him attack so much more because he's, he's realized that with the way the rules are and with how strong he is, that he can get to his spot no matter what. Um, and so what you're talking about in terms of what are they discussing? What, how are they figuring things out in film and et cetera? Like we're never going to know, but I really do wish we could. Man, yeah, and he's just a one of a kind. It's like no point guard has ever been as big as him and like tactical as so young. So yeah, I, I that would be amazing to know like once, you know, his career is over, just what he learned from Jason Kidd. Sure. Um another thing I did like was how uh how much respect um I know you don't like him <laughs> like him for shit. Um Jordan, um Deion uh DeAndre Jordan. Oh yeah, they seem to be having a great time before the yeah, game. And, no, that was fun. And you, yeah, it was good to see. You really don't see like you know everybody that was in Luca's rookie year. Uh, you know, even to now, they yeah. still have so much much respect for him. Yeah, I like that. No, I, I always love stuff like that. I just Jordan's just one of these guys where you can tell what you just described his sort of likability and his friendliness is a big part of why he's still in the league. Cause the motherfucker cannot play basketball. <laughs> well, I, I hope he taught him, you know, uh, how to, you know, dish the big man it is really working. So um, I, I really love to see that. Um, another thing I did love to see was finally Reggie Bullock was, you know, getting on the scoreboard early. Um, maybe wasn't from three, but maybe he just needs to see the ball go in early in the game. But, you know, maybe it's just December. The closer we get to December, hey, you, you stuck with your guy through this through this long. Hey, you, I, I feel like you and a couple other people are still on Reggie Island, and and it, it may pay out. Um, he but he, he looked great last during... year up until, like, January. <laughs> he was. Everybody... We talked about it in here. We're like, this is an awful signing. We paid $10 million yeah. for this guy? The only signing, I think, right? Yeah, we're like, oh, this is a bit, you know, it's just like the McGee thing where, you know, our man McGee showed us, showed us a little bit of life. He had some post-game quotes where he was talking about how he's, like, figuring out the scheme and he's it's, it's he needs to be a little more aggressive. And, you know, I'm willing to give guys time um, is all. Like, I don't, you know, one of the things that, that and I've talked about this with, with Bibbs a little bit, is some of these, like, arguments about players – more are, are stupid in the sense of what would help is just if we didn't have to discuss either of them and they simply had a better player than either player that we're arguing mm-hmm. about, you know? Yeah. So, oh, well. Yeah. Tonight was a good yeah. win. Yeah, tonight was a good win. And, um, um, you know, Reggie did his thing. Um, and you can – and what I did notice in this game, it looks like um, the leash on uh, Josh Green is getting a little bit longer Cause I noticed he had like maybe what two like soon as the fourth quarter started he had about was it two defensive fouls maybe three like within two minutes and every and he he stayed on the court J- Jason Kidd didn't snatch him I was waiting on that first after that first one I was expect oh we're not finna see Josh Green for a minute second one happened oh we're not finna see yeah definitely he's finna get snatched he left him in he you know he he's starting to recognize hey. You know, these young players, let them grow. We, yes, they will make mistakes, but I feel like Josh Green has, you know, did more good than um, than his, you know, young basketball player mistakes. I really love to see that. Um, and I and and it I was like, OK, he, it looked like I'm going to give Jason Kidd credit on that. Like he, he let a young guy be a young guy. But. Jason Green, uh, Josh Green was, you know, playing his butt off tonight, and I, I really like to yeah. see that. Good ball movement. Good ball. Say movement. that again. He had really good ball movement tonight. Yeah, assists. yeah. You know, he missed his only three shot, but he he he's smart. He can. I feel like Josh Green has a very high IQ for a basketball player. Now, way more higher, way more. I would say way more higher than Tim, because. 
I don't think Tim. I, it's something. Keep an eye on Tim and Seawood. I, it's something between them. It, I feel like Tim doesn't really like Seawood. Anybody. Josh Green never really gets pissed on the court. He Josh Green got an offensive rebound, tipped out to Tim. Josh runs to the right corner. Tim's standing about eight feet away from him. And Josh Green's calling for the ball. It was at the top of your screen when this happened. And Tim looks at him and gives him the what the fuck look and then passes to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and it's wide that, open. Yeah. See, like it was a, another ball movement where C. Wood went to the corner. Like yeah. it was all congested on the, on the uh, uh, top, a uh, little bit to the left of the top of the key. Um, and C. Wood is like, keep the ball moving. It's, it's shit come my way. And no, Timmy throws it away from him. I'm like, see what is wide open over there. I'm not sure how that offensive uh, position ended, but I'm like, Tim, are you yeah. that blind or dumb? What the hell? But um, um, I did like to see that. But what what I really like was Pal was 12 minutes. I think Seawood had 26. He haven't hit the 30. Um, but Seawood, this was his game, and it's undeniable. I don't know how much longer. They can keep him out of the starting lineup, but I feel like it's getting close. I give it two more games, um, but I saw Josh Powell's uh, um, minutes. Um, I said Josh Powell um, uh, minutes go down tonight, and you know maybe it was just because McGee was not playing like he can't play. Um, and C. Wood was bringing the heat, and it C. Wood and Luca make the game look so easy. And it looks like C. Wood is not gonna make a shot. He contorts his body to make it and get a foul. I'm like, you cannot keep that on the bench for too long. And I, I just really like that chemistry, and it's really growing. And I hope Jason Kidd, after two more games, C. Wood has been through the drudges of. The whatever you, Jason Kidd is putting them through, come on, man. It's it's past ten games. Let's not wait till twenty games to put him in the starting lineup. He gives you more than Powell. He gives you way more than McGee. McGee is great on defense. Let him be. Let him be on the second team. Let him stop the second team from scoring. And right. then when when Luca and Seawood get back on the court, let's light they ass up again. By that time, we're like. 20 points up, you know, before the second team even has to take the court. Um, but I did like that. And when I, I will get off um, by saying this, uh, love Seawood. Let him start soon. Give him a couple more games. Um, this is a question for you, Kurt. Does um, Mavs Moneyball have like a Twitch page yet? I, I feel like. Twitter um, ain't dying. Everybody's being say what? Twitter and Twitter might not work right. Twitter's not going to. No, die. I say a uh, Twitch. A yeah, Twitch. Yeah, no, page. I know. I just we don't have any of oh. that because I'm too lazy. Like, I'm, I'm oh, that's what I was going to ask. Like, I mean, I, I I would love. I can't write or anything, but I would love to contribute. Maybe that. I mean, I, I feel like uh, you know, our you know, mass fans love to interact with other mass fans like live during the game, and there's some other podcasters and stuff that do like. You know, live. Oh, the live stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that stuff too. Dalton does it, that a few times. Yeah, but Twitch, I feel like uh, Mavs Moneyball should have a Twitch page. Like, even if it's not you, like I, like I said, I would love to contribute and like, hey, damn, I'm getting blown up by Kurt right now. He hates <laughs> what just happened. Like, that type of stuff. But, sure. like, just we'll talk about it offline or whatever. But it was just an idea. Um, I was just curious if Mavs Moneyball had that. And I feel like, um, you know, that may be the next thing because y'all control Twitter. Like, even if I'm not sure if a person is a Mavs Moneyball contributor, they end up being one, and it's it's great. Oh, yeah, um, but, everyone. yeah, feel like I'm Twitch like, is the next frontier for I mean, Mavs I mean, Moneyball. Thirsty, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Out. Have a good one, man. All right, yeah, yeah. They're uh, everybody. Everybody bully SJ into joining Mavs Moneyball. I've I've tried like four times. Um, she's an academic though; she doesn't need to always join us. All right, taking us home tonight is going to be our man, Sean. What's going on, dude? Yo, how we doing? Yeah, good. I mean, how can you ever be bad after the win? Like that's exactly right. But one, it's like, I just had like one thing to talk about, which is something about Tim Hardaway Jr. Is it like, of course, the front office tried to spin Tim as 
one of the new free agent signings that are coming has anyone like paused and like thought maybe we made it to the western conference finals not because uh we were missing the contributions of tim maybe because we really didn't need that and it could be a detriment to the team because like about someone just spoke about putting wood in the starting lineup i don't want to do that because i tr- i don't trust anyone offensively in our second unit and who is <laughs> who runs the second unit who right. runs the second unit it's tim hardaway junior so like i like it's becoming little more egregious by like every game every game it obviously all these issues compound and i understand that he is a genuine like like torch he can catch fire and he can win us games when was the last time he did that game 2 against the clippers like i, I don't know what is all this credit that tim has earned uh since he came here with porzingis well i But think it was hard average except so i think with carlisle though with carlisle he really wasn't allowed to do certain stuff he was allowed to shoot He was allowed to catch. He was allowed to shoot. He does stuff now where I'm just like, mm, okay, tr- chill. He's Where- pulling up mi- mid ranges over two people. Like, for what? For what? Like, you're not even the third or the fourth most potent offensive option right now on the court. Sure. Why are you doing that? Like, it's it's it goes to speak. Like, we always, I think, would wouldn't ball do- ball don't stop. Love a player like Tim. like oh look at him he goes into his bag to get buckets but the mavs are very very distinctly not a we go into our bag to get bucket kind of offense there's only one guy that does that and yeah. maybe didn't because he is like a pretty good iso scorer well that's what season. happens when you don't run an offense though is like for some of these players who need that need shots served to them you know hardaway's one josh green's another one when you don't run any offensive sets which I don't feel like the Mavericks do. Um it, it I it's a little goofy at times. Losing Igor I think has really hurt the Mavs offense. Like sure. it, you can tell like uh I think you you brought it up the other day which is like how the Mavs play coming out of timeouts. If Luka's on the court I think it's right now Luka is the offensive coordinator in every sense of the way. because he's the one deciding on the court who's going to play and who's not going to be invo- so who's going to be involved and who's not going to be involved and today the passes he was putting one of the best things about like what i saw from the mavs offense today was the frequency of cuts to the rim like and luka pinpoint dart passes there like there were moments where christian wood was genuinely just caught standing absolutely alone under the rim and he all he had to do was jump like so all the all the good things we see about the mavs are so luka reliant at like when do we get to a point where we realize what the f- like we're just fucking up our future more and more by being so fully in on luka ball it's not sustainable and it's extremely worrying like i do, i actually think it is sustainable you think you it's sustainable why? Oh, here's why yeah i've read some data That's a heroic, terrible way to lead an argument about basketball. Luca basically doesn't cover that much ground per game because one, the Mavericks play at a slow pace, and two, they stick him on like the the whatever three point shooter doesn't move around. So I actually think they can they can do this. That's uh, the pace is one of the things that makes Luca's triple double stuff so impressive is because he's when when um, Oscar Robertson played, nobody could hit shots. Everybody shot like thirty five to forty percent. So of course they're just like running back and forth with bricks, grabbing rebounds. Luke's doing it in a much more efficient era, which is really impressive. But and Oscar's that, era also had mo- was like a faster game in general. So more possessions. Yeah, like one hundred and twenty five possessions type stuff. And what I'm worried about is like. we will eventually i think run into a wall with luka i understand what you're saying like i don't think it's a question of him getting worn out i think it's more of a question of one very 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 effective strategy we've seen against luka against the mavs is you let luka cook and you ensure nobody else around him yes. can help and when you have role players that are so specific in what they do and how they contribute if you take that away from them You're fucked. Like that's what the Warriors did. They're like, cool. We'll put our best perimeter defender in Wiggins on Luca, 
and we're going to make sure we clamp the hell out of everyone else luka can have 33 average 33 points on poor efficiency that's fine but we will beat the mavs by ensuring nobody can step up to help luka and right. that's going to be the strategy again this year so i this is more a test for luka to show what level his individual greatness is at because we've seen like other players be put in similar situations and really overachieve so we overachieved last year if we overachieve again this year i think it really really speaks to the greatness of luka and if we go this season without giving up a pick in a trade to get ourselves better i think it'll be criminal if nico and them boys with their full arsenal of future draft picks these big ass contracts you can jumble together and get something for and especially if not, not fucking gordon hayward someone who will actually make a difference on this team long term so yeah i think like i i just want to hop off uh you guys can continue the conversation but i just want to get that off my chest it's a Love win it. i'm happy but the the negatives just you can't seem to outrun them as a mavs fan you just can't like i just want to see a win where it's like every single thing went to plan but yeah asking for too much of course hey it was fun thanks for hanging out buddy all right that's everybody we did it in an hour i'm going to go to bed we're back on sunday to play the same team hopefully with the same result uh everybody enjoy the remainder of your evening uh and into saturday sunday and we'll we'll see what we have here um everybody have a great night we'll talk soon <laughs>